Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, welcome to Talking Sense, a podcast with me, Dr. Marta. I'm a clinical psychologist trained in family therapy and every week I answer one of your real life questions, offering you psychological understandings, ideas and strategies to guide you. Before we begin, I always like to take a little moment to pause, something to settle you into our conversation, but also maybe set a little challenge or goal for the week. This week, I want you to try and bring some nature indoors. It could be by collecting some leaves or collecting some wildflowers or doing some kind of art with something in nature. Have a think. The reason for this is that we know that nature has a really positive impact on our well-being and bringing nature into our homes can be really helpful. So just take a few moments to spend outdoors and bring something in that's going to brighten up your home or even brighten up a little bit of dullness on a weekend. Something you can do as a family, perhaps. Have a think. When you're ready, let's begin. This week, the question is around how we bring up young boys, particularly around the theme of toxic masculinity. Let's have a listen. Hi, Dr. Marta. I'm hoping you can help. I'm wondering how best to help my little boy to understand that he has the right to feel big emotions, um, especially in front of others um, and especially boys as he grows up. Um, I've heard young boys say things to each other such as you're a girl or be sort of less than kind to other boy peers when they're upset and they like to joke at each other's expense and I've seen this happen um, and I think this only gets worse with age two so I'm wondering how to protect my little boy from this other than saying something like don't listen to them we all have a right to our feelings um, as it just doesn't seem like enough and I really want to start early with with it thank you Before we begin, I just want to say that I have some really bad hay fever. I think the pollen count is quite high at the moment and it has really affected me. So in case my voice sounds a little bit odd on this podcast or there's even a sneaky little sneeze that shows up, I apologize and I hope it doesn't spoil any of the content. I think this question is really important and really relevant for our time and our society. And I want to begin just by having a few moments for you to reflect on what you think masculinity is. So just think about that in your own head, you know, maybe pick three to five words. What does masculine mean? What does it look like when you think of somebody being masculine? 
To me, this is really important because there is a narrative in our society about masculinity. And I think there's also this misunderstanding when we talk about things around toxic masculinity. And that is my label. This isn't in the question itself, but it is implied in the question by some of the things that little boys might say to each other, you know, around things being girly or big boys don't cry. And I really want to kind of name this early on masculinity itself is not toxic and I think when we talk about masculinity in the ways I'm going to talk about today there is sometimes this sense that what we're saying is it's not okay to be masculine and I want to make it really clear here and now that is not the case okay that is not the case however the idea that there should be a way to be masculine that if you are born male, there is a particular way or particular traits that you need to exhibit strongly in order to show that you are a man is toxic. So it's this really subtle nuance because it's about the exaggeration of masculine traits. So I don't know what words came to your mind, but often the words that people will attach with masculinity, and there's been a lot of research on this, are things around strength, are things around lack of emotion, are things around being self-sufficient and independent, are things about being dominant, okay? You are at the top. And things about sexual prowess or sexual virility, okay? They are sexual beings that is seen as a good thing, okay? Sex is conquest and that is a positive thing. Now, these are kind of masculine values, but according to traditional toxic masculine values, a man who does not display enough of these traits falls short of being a real man. And that is the issue, that is the problem, that is the kind of thing that when we talk about toxic masculinity, we are trying to break away from. Boys and men do tend to be stronger, but they do not necessarily or at all biologically lack in emotion. Okay, as humans, we are all emotional and there is so much research on how children develop girls and boys, so completely separate to their gender, that proves and dispels this myth that boys are just less emotional, that they are harder, that they are somehow tougher than little girls. In fact, there's some research that tells us the opposite, that says that lots of boys until the around the age of adolescence are a lot more emotive if they are allowed to be than little girls, and that it is little girls who display a lot more aggression, but they do so verbally not physically. So there is a difference in terms of how little girls and little boys display aggression, but we have not really found any kind of scientific evidence about how little boys and little girls display emotion or lack of emotion, because what we know is that as humans, we are primed to feel, okay? Feeling emotion is part of our human experience, and when little boys don't express emotion, it isn't because they are more masculine or because they are born in the sex of male. It is because they have learned that expressing emotion gets them rejected or punished or shamed in some way. So it is a learnt behaviour to shut down emotions for little boys. 
And this is the kind of conversation that I want to have with you today that I'm going to kind of try and break down a little bit for you. And I'm going to be talking about some of these areas a little bit more. Um, And we're also going to be thinking together about the impact of these toxic masculine traits when they're exaggerated because it's a question I get a lot like why does it really matter and so let's talk about that let's talk about the long-term impact that it has when as adults or other children because some of this is also thought of as being the boy code where boys tell boys how they should behave in order to fit in with each other how these messages have a long-term impact on mental health and well-being, which we know is true and, you know, we know is factual, scientific fact. And we're going to talk about what can we do about it, which is really the question. And it's not just what can we do when these words or some toxic masculinity shows up around our children, because what I want to also think about is the fact that it's going to take a long time to change some of these narratives and to change some of the responses that little boys are faced with when they are vulnerable or they show emotion or they aren't feeling very sexual. All those things are important for us to accept that they're going to be faced with a certain narrative, with certain comments, with certain responses. And so some of our work is not just to allow our children to be fully human, to be fully themselves, which I will talk about. It's also about how we help our children become more assertive and how they can learn to stand up for themselves and what words we can teach them so that they don't feel like they are less than another boy who is telling him that he is girly or that, you know, he's not man enough because he hasn't fancied a girl or whatever it is. So I think, you know, what we can do is twofold. Um, or even threefold, because like most things I talk about, I really do think it begins with us. And so the first step is for us to kind of break down our own stigmas and biases. You know, some of these things are unconscious. We have grown up in societies, particularly in the Western world, where masculinity is perceived to be a certain way and only a certain way. And even as women, I'm a woman, it can be really hard to break away from those narratives. So, you know, questions like, how do you respond when a man in your life cries? I think a lot of women and young girls find it really uncomfortable and they don't respond the same way that they would if it was another woman or another girl. The reason being, we've kind of been socialized in our society as women to also believe that big boys don't cry. That crying is a form of weakness in men. And when men cry, it brings up a lot of discomfort. And lots of women will say, well, that's not true. I feel completely comfortable with that. And if that's the case, that's great. But I'm very aware that it does bring more discomfort to women. And that includes me. It is far more uncomfortable for me when a man cries than when a woman cries. Because I haven't learned that men cry in the same way as women. I haven't seen lots of men growing up who cried or who shed tears or who showed vulnerability and there is a cultural component to this in some cultures men and women have a lot more freedom to express emotion and in others they do not and I think it's really important for you to just be aware of that whether you're male or female listening to this podcast really be mindful of 
where are there areas, particularly as I speak today, that kind of spark a big emotion in you? I want you to use that as a signal that there might be something there that needs to be looked at a little bit. Maybe thought about, maybe broken down, maybe kind of deconstructed to really think, where have I learned this idea? What is it like for me to hear such a different idea coming up? And what, what can I do about it? Or what do I need to do about it to feel more comfortable? Because I think these are the kinds of conversations that can bring a lot of discomfort. And I also want to make it very transparent that I identify as a woman. I am a straight woman in a heterosexual relationship. And therefore, I am also very aware that this kind of conversation can bring discomfort when it is spoken about um, from the lens of a woman rather than the lens of a man. I do not know how men experience their masculinity and I am not going to tell you how to be a man because for me masculinity should be individual it should be a flexible kind of idea it should be something that is matched to each and every person so it's a shifting sort of idea something that is a lot more flexible than this narrow definition of what masculinity should be i would take the should out of it completely and really kind of break down this narrow set of rules that we kind of box young boys and men into and kind of say be who you are because for me you can be masculine and you can be strong and you can be vulnerable and you can express your emotions. And for me, there's no buts. There's lots of ands, okay? There's lots of and, and, and. You're, you can be strong and be vulnerable in a situation. And you can also be a sexual being who sometimes doesn't want to have sex and you're tired and you just don't fancy it. And it doesn't make you any less of a man for it. And all those things can come together. So I just want to make it really clear that I'm aware, obviously, that I'm a female, but also that my messages and the things that I talk about here may land differently if it was a man talking about it with a different perspective. But also as a woman, I have experienced toxic masculinity, uh, both from my personal lens, just overhearing it, and also from being on the receiving end from men who perpetuate this kind of idea of what being a man is with a woman and to me those things are important and they're valid because I've had experience of them so I'm not going to share my personal experience necessarily but I do want to say that obviously it's my lens here talking to you and so the words that I say are shaped by my experiences and my knowledge and the things that I believe in so if you're listening to this and you identify as a man and you find it uncomfortable that a woman is talking about what masculinity is in the way that I will do, then to me that makes sense and it's probably very valid. And I also want you to just reflect and think about what it's like to have women kind of think of men in this way. Um, because I think it's important, because I think toxic masculinity doesn't just affect men, it affects all of us and particularly women. It really impacts on us and in the relationships we have with men, men that we love, men that we have physical relationships with, sexual relationships with. And so for me, this is like a conversation that we all need to be having, but I know that it obviously can feel different when it's a woman saying these words. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So let's think about toxic masculinity and why it might be dangerous. And I think for me, the main kind of outcome of the research is that it limits personal growth and it narrows down a definition of what it means to be a man. And this can cause both internal conflict within an individual, but also it causes external conflict in our society and we talk about it as a gender role conflict okay so the kind of stress that is placed on men young boys little boys who don't meet certain traits that society or others are saying this is what it is to be masculine and when young boys and men start to view the world through this narrow lens provided by these exaggerated masculine traits what they feel is that they can only be accepted in society by living up to those traits. And when that happens, it can cause certain issues. And we know this, and there's a lot of research. I'm not gonna go into every single aspect, but I'm gonna give you a kind of whirlwind of it, okay? We know that things like bullying grow around little boys who feel that kind of toxic masculinity. They tend to be greater at bullying and we know that little boys who feel toxic masculinity like those traits really strongly are less likely to stand up to bullying of others so they will be bystanders but they will not speak up and they will not seek support or advice because it is seen as a weakness to stitch up another man or another boy and if you think about this long term like not just from like bullying in a school setting but into adulthood there is some research that it is the men who have these exaggerated masculine traits as part of their identity who tend to flag less when a man has done something violent or aggressive to another person they tend to just be bystanders but they will not stand up to anything or you know even if they don't think it's right they will not speak up because toxic masculinity is actually blocking them from doing that because it's seen as unmanly to speak up so that is one way we also know that again men who hold these values of masculinity really strongly and narrowly tend to be the ones that cope least well in challenging situations that bring up big emotions whether that be grief or a relationship breakup or depression or anxiety they tend to not seek support and they tend to therefore use maladaptive coping strategies which tend to be substance abuse so alcohol or drugs or other kind of risky behaviors 
to numb themselves and stop feeling rather than expressing their emotions or releasing emotion in a healthy way because those healthy ways have kind of been cut down for them they don't exist they're no longer able to access them so we know that men who hold these values really strongly that's what can happen to them over time and if we think about mental health just as health because really that's what it is for me it's just a part of us as humans being healthy what we're basically saying is that when these masculine values are toxic and they're held very rigidly men suffer and in the long term it is detrimental to their health and their well-being and we can extend this by thinking about physical health because there is a huge amount of research about the fact that it is men who hold these masculine values really tightly you know toxically who will not seek medical support when they have a physical illness whether that be aches and pains or whether that be you know physical symptoms of illness and they tend to be the ones who show up at the last point with something really serious and severe in their bodies that they have just put up with never spoken about and felt unable to seek medical support for and we know this from like the health psychology literature that men seek health support least but it's often men who hold these traits really kind of close to their hearts that feel like to be a man is also to be tough and to not show vulnerability whether that be physical or emotional whose well-being is the most impacted by this. And finally, but it's definitely not the least important, we again know from lots and lots of studies that toxic masculinity creates a barrier in order to form genuine connections and friendships with others. And men tend to only build superficial relationships with other men who hold similar values to them. Which means that, again, when things are hard or where something important is happening, they won't reach out for connection. They won't reach out to talk to another man to talk about these things. Because they can't. Because their male values and the traits that they're holding as part of their identity say that to speak to another about how you feel is not acceptable it is not a manly thing to do it is something you need to hide mask suppress and often men with these kind of exaggerated masculine values will also not talk to women either although they are more likely to they often simply will not because it's part of feeling shame about not being man enough to just be able to deal with this on your own And so these are some of the things around toxic masculinity that we know play a role in our physical health. But as you can probably tell, because I've touched on it briefly, it also plays a role in how young boys and men are socialized in our society, the kinds of relationships and connections that they have. And of course, it has an impact on others around them. So women in particular and young girls who are socialized around men who hold these values so strongly because they also learn certain stories about how men should or shouldn't be but also about how men relate to them both often as sexual objects and often in ways that are demeaning or degrading you know in terms of like toxic masculinity it is about trying to separate 
themselves as much as they can from anything that is feminine or perceived to be girly. And for that, it means to shame and humiliate girls and women. It is about mocking. It is about kind of that kind of male banter around women's bodies and women seen as objects rather than full humans. So of course, there's like, you know, there's a whole story that builds up from this. It affects first and foremost men themselves, but that then also affects all of us. So what can we do about this? So I think we all have a role to play. I think men in particular have a huge role to play in this in terms of being a different role model to little boys and young men. It's to me kind of critical that men are thinking about their own identities because this is affecting them. This is about them. This isn't women, although I am a woman and I talked about this earlier, but this isn't women saying, we want you to be different. I think what it really is, the message is, we want you to be human. We want you to define your own masculinity. And if being masculine to you is to be strong, by all means be strong or whatever other trait stands out for you. Be that, but be the other things as well that make you, all of us, human. So things such as openly experiencing emotions, allowing young boys, men, children, all children of all genders to have emotions, okay? This idea of boys will be boys or this idea of big boys don't cry. We need to be smashing those ideas right now. They are so unhealthy. So big boys do cry and it is because hopefully they're humans and not robots. And boys will be boys is actually justifying male aggression and seeing it as being okay. When in fact, what we should be saying is, Male aggression or any form of aggression is never okay and we should not be justifying it just because you're a boy. So we should be working on our language, we should be working on the way that we perceive some of our little boys' actions and male actions and my hope is that men will join us in this and, you know, be able to think about these words and these kind of role modelling two little boys, what it is like to be a human, not a man, but just a person in this world. So alongside this, there's also kind of building ideas of vulnerability, not being a weakness, but being a sign again of our own humanity, of the fact that we all need help sometimes, that we all make mistakes, that we get things wrong, but it doesn't make us into a bad person or less of a man. It just makes you human, learning as you go. And finally, kind of values around kindness, and I'm gonna say this word, softness. You can be a man and you can be soft and gentle and kind. Those things are not exclusive, okay? You can be gentle and you can be strong sometimes. You can be tough and you can be really soft when you need to be. These traits are not one or the other. They don't define who you are as a whole person. And all of us are a little bit of everything. You know, as a woman, I am super tough. Like I have gone through experiences, like physical experiences, painful experiences 
that my husband has witnessed. And I know that he thinks I am super tough because I don't think he could have gone through that the way that I did, but I did. But I'm incredibly soft and I'm very kind of gooey and I'm super emotional. I will very much express my emotions and show my tears. That doesn't make me less of a woman or more masculine because I can be really tough in certain circumstances. It makes me human and it means that I respond to the context that I'm in. And that's what we need to be helping our little boys, young men and grown men to think about and really consider for their own lives. Finally, a few kind of top tips on what can you do to support young boys. So for me, it's about really simple things that I know lots of you are already doing, okay? First one is providing gender-neutral playing field, okay? Toys are toys. So not perpetuating gender role models is really helpful, whatever gender your child is. So for little boys, it's about not narrowly giving them toys that feel like boys' toys, trucks, cars, building blocks, but expanding that. And I'm not just talking about dolls, Okay, I'm talking about things like art, crafts, you know, doing things that actually we put on little girls and they develop really great hand-eye coordination and fine motor skills and little boys are not because they're not got like paints and sticker books and all these other things readily available as girls. Open up your mind to the idea that toys and creative toys are for all children regardless of gender. Secondly, something I've already spoken about, thinking about your language, being really mindful of the language that you use. And when you hear language coming from other little boys or other men, such as, you know, big boys don't cry, or that's a girly thing to do, to meet it with curiosity and questioning those masculine traits. So it might sound like, huh, who told you boys don't cry? And... Have you ever seen a boy cry? And what would it be like if a boy did cry? Because you realize boys are human and all humans are born with tear ducts, which means we're able to cry. And yes, some people cry more than others and that's absolutely fine. There's no right or wrong in how much you can cry. But let's question this idea of boys don't cry. And let's also do the same when you hear something like, you know, that's girly. What's wrong with doing something that girls do? What's wrong with being girly? You know, break it down. Get really curious. What's so bad about being a girl? And what do you think is good about being like a girl? What do you think girls can do that you can't? Or girls are better at than you are? Break it down with your kids, okay? Open up this conversation. Don't just get stuck on defending a position or telling them that they're wrong. Let's get our kids to become critical thinkers, especially when it comes to their identity. Let's get children to really question the things that they're being told, the things that they're hearing, the things that they're absorbing and without questioning. Because what you can be is that person who questions and that can really help children realize, oh my God, there's another way. Finally, for me, it's about allowing our boys to just be themselves wear the clothes that appeal to them, play and take up the hobbies that feel right for them without considering gender stereotypes, whether it's dance, whether it's sport, whether it's something creative, whether it's something relaxing, you know, and to include 
positive role models of masculinity around them. And if you don't feel that exists in your home or around you, think outside of that, okay? There are some really great books and I'm happy to share them. I will add some to my recommended book list that think about masculinity from other lenses that aren't just the stereotype. And there are also some really good kind of famous people out there. Look out for them. Look out for these famous men who do not portray masculinity in its rigidest form. So I talk about this a lot because to me it's really important and I really value these role models out there. But think about it. There are lots of actors who do not display like, you know, those kind of rigid stereotypes. For example, James Bond, David Craig actually wore bright pink at his last premiere. And I also think he had glitter on, um, you know, Harry Styles portrays how to be a man, a heterosexual man with values outside of that, that means he can wear glitter and he can wear dresses and he sometimes wears makeup and he's still a man that is perceived in society as being male. Nobody would question that. So look around and use these role models as ways in to start conversations with your children. Open up these conversations. One of the things I really like to do is to find photos that I like of these like famous people, famous characters, and I put them in a document, just a word document, but it means I can use them to kind of open up conversations with children. Think about it, being really curious. I don't necessarily tell them what I think about it. I just ask them, what does this look like? What do you think of this person? What does it bring up for you? Are they masculine? Are they feminine? Is it too girly? What does that mean? Open things up because this is how we support our children to develop language against this. It is through our conversations. It is through our interactions with children in this way that really helps dispel these myths of toxic masculinity and build something different. And for me, that difference is the possibility of just being a full, rounded human being, stripped of these narrow, rigid rules of masculinity. And we're coming to an end. I hope you have enjoyed this talking sense with me. And before you go, I always like to give you a little mantra to hold you for the rest of the week. Given our conversation today, my mantra to you is to feel is to be human. If you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review it on the podcasting app you've been listening. It really helps to increase its visibility and helps others know whether this is the right podcast for them. Finally, if you have not heard, I have released the Confident Parent course and it is full of step-by-step guides to support you throughout the early years. It's for children from 18 months up to five and you can find out more on my website, www.drmartapsychologist.com. I wish you a peaceful rest of your week and I look forward to seeing you again on another Talking Sense. Until then, see you soon. So. 
selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.